0: Hello,
1: everybody. This is the Shooter Hunt Podcast, and my name, you all know it, is Ryan Avery. And my co-host here is um, Mister
0: Mister. It's Jack. You mean Mushaney?
1: No it's mo mu- it's Mushaney. Mu- oh You've it's been over mu-shaney. this You've been over this
0: damn it ah.
1: you need to take those damn crocs off yes and wear some real man's shoes
0: wow you're aggressive today mr well, mr mooshany my t
1: levels are currently pushing three thousand
0: right <laughs> oh,
1: yes my-, my beard is down to my knees <laughs> your, yes your veins they're
0: flowing they're flowing no. and uh
1: and i must be at five thousand oh, by the end of the year my. you're going crazy Well, the the crocs are thinking this every time you get in them. How fat is your ass? Really? Fat, round, and ready for this podcast, my friend. Let's jump into it. Let's go. Oh, my God.
0: I'm fucking crying, dude. What? (laughs) What kind of warped mind thinks this stuff up? What's awesome is that we get to come in
1: here having never heard that before. Here for the first time, It just
0: this is how it works folks we come in and Luke tells us this is the intro this is the outro this is the speak pipe we, I have literally dumbed it down the three buttons I need to push
1: <laughs> those are the only ones that were highlighted yeah. too they're like remove all the options for Ryan
0: yeah so we <laughs> never know what we're getting and I would I will say that that's probably the best one he's put out that's, so far that's
1: funny shit. yeah it's It tough. had like the Latina like cha, do
0: the cha-cha dance felt like I was in like the Florida keys <laughs> very good Luke very good job <laughs> Luke has uh, lots of voices. <clears throat> yeah. All right. I guess we got to always, seems like we're starting these things out with uh, the state of the union on the rock stock. Okay. So I might as well, today is the 4th of January. And uh, we have a mold. Uh, we've produced one stock. We're producing four stocks for test and evaluation that we sent to us. <clears throat> which we should have in the middle of next week. Is that the goal?
1: I think so. Yep. I think it'll be, yes, first one. So there's a lot of, I didn't realize that there were curing times for the different types of fill. So they have to shoot the preliminary fill, mm-hmm. has to cure for, let's say, 48 hours. Then they have to shoot the final fill. Then they have to do the bedding block portion. And each one of those phases has a certain amount of cure time before the next one can happen. So that's where the time, that's where the delay comes in. Gotcha. <clears throat> the mold itself is only used to do the layup part, the the carbon shell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Once it pops out of there, they can do carbon shells like crazy out of the mold. Then they're going to sit there and take their time, you know, doing the fill part.
0: How much time does it actually take to bake? Do you think?
1: I think one of the one of them was I don't know about the bake time for the carbon shell, but it was like two days for the first fill. We're we'll going to just look at what she said here. Two days for the first fill, and then three had to be over the weekend for the second part to cure. Let's see here. Well, go ahead, tell them about the tell them about what it looks like. The stock. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, the stock is great because it came out and, and nearest you can tell is it, it looks like what we are asking for. I mean it's not going to vary too much from the print. And it's low gloss. It's matte finish, <clears> which <throat> is if you're used to the stocky stock with the uh, standard carbon finish, it's super shiny and super glossy. These ones are a lot more matte.
1: Mm. we had that built into the mold. Basically they they just, they scuffed the mold up rather than bringing it to a high polish finish.
0: So that, that high glossy finish is simply because the molds glossy, like really shiny inside. Yeah. I think it has to
1: do with the type of epoxy that they're the, the, is it epoxy that goes with the carbon? It's the, what do you call the resin? Mm -hmm. I think it has to do with the hardness of the resin and then where it's cast up against. And yeah, I think it has a lot to do with the, they just, just polish the shit out of those molds. Although yeah. I do really love every stock, Jessica, I promise. I like the shiny ones <laughs> just as well as the non shiny ones.
0: Yes, Jake doesn't want a, a reoccurring asshole charge. I already charge. got
1: two asshole charges. I got to be careful.
0: I like how she does, I do love how she says quantity, too. <laughs> $50 each <laughs> asshole charge. Jake saying Th- bad things real. on the podcast.
1: <laughs> All right, so she says uh, it's getting the first stage of filling done right now. That will post cure tomorrow until 5 p.m. And then they will fit the bedding block material on Friday. That cures for three days, and it will be ready for inleting on Monday. Oh shit! Yeah,
0: inleting. Do you know how long that takes them?
1: <clears throat> uh, an hour. Gotcha. And then we'll you put have... in the machine. The machine does its thing, and
0: so we should have literally have stocks by the end of next week.
1: Uh, I think what we'll be. Yeah, I think everybody wants to see real pictures and real shooting and that kind of thing too. get a...
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that haven't. I mean, we've had a lot of orders, a lot more than I really thought we'd have.
1: What's funny is like I just – so we just had an email from a guy and he wanted to cancel the rock stock order because he thought they were in stock. And I guess I wasn't clear enough on the product. I, I kind of feel like everybody that bought one so far has been following along with the process. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it feels like for us. And apparently the one guy somehow slipped into that and bought the stock having no idea that – so I got to do a better job in the product description there.
0: It's like almost how would you know without following along? Exactly. I guess if you just stumble upon it.
1: So basically the, the plan is here. So we're already at two of the railed – Tika Molds, the goal is to fill every order within 90 days. And that would be 90 days of us finishing testing mm-hmm. of the stock itself so it becomes official. So that's these stocks that are coming next week. Uh, if through testing they're approved by the following week, then it would be 90 days from that day all current orders would be filled. And we will buy enough molds accordingly. But we're at four molds so far. <clears throat> we have a 700 mold, a, a Tika mold without... A rail and then two railed tikka molds, which were by far the highest seller.
0: And then I keep getting hit on. I actually had one this morning in my PM about brownings. And we'll just see how it goes over the next month or two. And uh, like you almost want to know how many because it's the molds ain't cheap. And you gotta at least cover that mold and you'd hope to get a little profit out of it.
1: Well we got to hit Jessica too.
0: I don't know how many
1: other inlets can be covered by the seven hundred mold. I know the Tika one won't work because Tika is very specific, but it may already be that the seven hundred mold itself can be inletted also for a browning or, you know, something else. Um, mm-hmm. so we'll actually get with her and see what can be done. And once all the orders are filled, at least for this order and the next pre order, then we'll start stocking other yeah. options.
0: I don't have any clue how close like a browning is to Remington or mm-hmm. or where a savage falls in there for in inla- I don't have any idea. I know Remington's, I know Tika's and that's it.
1: Yeah, the only thing I know is that Tika has to have its own mold. And if these other guys, like you said, if these other guys have a Browning has to have its own mold and uh I'm sure there's a there's probably still some
0: Basically, May as well just get after it. Yeah, you need like a like in my mind, running the numbers in my brain. You need like twenty people to buy that stuff. Yeah, we
1: need twenty stocks to break
0: even. Yep. So it's like you got to have that. And I think we would with the brownie because when we we did a poll way back before we even the rock stock is basically what inlet is most popular, <coughs> and it was funny to me because it went on rock side. We're real tika heavy, but it was tika and Remington's really close. And then the Browning was third, and the Winchester was fourth, Mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting.
1: And we can even continue doing it that way. So like with the Molinator bag, when I went to pick the next color, I just asked people what color they wanted, whatever is the most popular choice, we did the color. So maybe next, once all these orders are filled, you do another poll, and that way Teak and Remington 700 are removed, Mm -hmm. and we kind of take like the next four options or whatever. Say, okay, guys, what is, and then if we say, okay, Browning is the winner, we're going to open up the pre-sale. As soon as we hit 20 stocks, we will make the mold.
0: Yeah, I think we need to do that. Like I obviously love Rockslide. I'm kind of biased towards Rockslide, obviously, but we need to do it outside of Rockslide too, because Rockslide is a kind of niche down. So
1: a bunch of weirdos.
0: Well, it is. When we did the <clears throat> we did the scalp versus non, mm-hmm. the fucking non scalped one. Yeah. So when we put it on Instagram it, in Rockslide, it was flipped the other way. It was like not even close. Well,
1: now okay. we actually have real data, so now we can say out of all the stocks that have been sold to this day, let's say it's 300. Uh, eighteen percent of those were non railed stocks. That means it is literally four to one.
0: <clears throat> non railed stock. And then what did you say the other day? It was Tika to Remington. How many was it? Uh uh seventy
1: eight percent. It was Tika. No, it was eighty eight percent. Yeah, it was 88, in the eighties. Eighty eight percent. Eighty eight Tikas to Remingtons. Eighty eight percent Tikas to Remingtons, yeah. But remember we had that conversation. I think that I think the Remington seven hundreds are more of a they're not a Garage mechanic type of stock because almost always there's some type of bedding required. I think that once the stocks get out there in the market and more gun builders are buying them, there will yeah. be an influx of 700. Yeah, I
0: think the Tika the Tika guys are more DIY. Anticas are built the way the stocks build. It's it's bolt and go. And usually, you 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 don't have any slipping around or moving around. And sometimes in Remingtons, because there's the problem with the Tika, or the, I guess the good thing about Tika is is the same. The Remington footprints can vary a little bit, mm-hmm. so you do have that issue. because well, yeah,
1: that recoil lug's always in the same spot. Yep, bolts are in the same spot. Yeah. it's a it's a decent design.
0: So you're saying ninety days from probably hopefully next by week.
1: week after next. Week after well, next. if we can if we can get together and approve it. I think we want to do some pretty disastrous testing though. So it might take a week. Mm-hmm. So a week after next and then 90 days from there. I agree. And Jessica agreed that, you know, at that amount of stocks, the 90 days is doable.
0: All right. That's on this rock stock. And we didn't talk about this beforehand, but I wanted to bring it up because I've been getting lots of questions about it. And I know you have too about the Tika lightning deal. Mm. So can you kind of run through that of what's the process, what's the lead time, can or can you not you know, send in your own action, can you do a full build on that action, and so on and so forth?
1: Yeah, so as of, uh, <coughs> as of today, we actually just placed our first direct order with Tika. So now we are an officially direct Tika dealer, which means we can order you any Tika rifle that you wanted and sell it just as a Tika rifle. That would be the start of what we can do. Uh, After that, we have a new lightning program for the Tika Action itself that adds pockets all around the action and also Tika bolt fluting options. So the combination of the two, if you get your bolt fluted and you get your action body lightened up, you save four ounces, which brings it down to a guy just asked me, total weight is 24. So it starts at 28, you bring it down to 24 uh, after the work is done. So we can, obviously, you're going to have bare steel once the pockets are made in there. So you have two choices. You can uh, Cerakote the outside any color you wanted, and then we can micro-slick the inside. If you get all the work done, it's three weeks for machine work and Cerakote. If you want to add nitride, the nitride process itself is going to add three more weeks. So total potential lead time is three weeks with Cerakote, six weeks with nitride. All the pricing can be individual, or you save 10% as a package. The product is up on the website. I don't have pictures of all the fluting patterns yet. I actually have them here. I just got to get a picture and, and put it up there. But basically, a slower, a fast spiral, and a diamond are the options. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of questions right now about the T one. I'm sorry, the T th- is it T T3 three versus T three X?
0: T three X twenty two model.
1: <clears throat> no T one is the twenty two model. So T three before the before the rail. Yes. Okay, so the difference between a T3 and a T3X, it doesn't have that dovetail, and the ejection port is smaller on a T3. We are already increasing the size of the ejection port on the T3X, which means that your T3 port is going to get much bigger. We're going to turn your T3 into a T3X without the dovetail. That's as much as I understand at the moment. Yeah. I think that, I think we may have to rewrite the program just a hair because that, that – that tool comes into where the current T3X ejection port is, and then works into it. I think we're gonna have to move it in and do a, yep, an extra program there. But I know a couple of those T3s are already on the way. A
0: uh-huh. couple of uh, questions that I've gotten <clears throat> through Rockside PMs and just on the thread that I put up: Is that you doing anything? Is it basically sacrificing any strength to the action?
1: Definitely not. Uh, the pocketing itself. First of all, to, to, to know where all the pressure in the action happen, all the magic happens in the action is all where the lugs lock up into the raceways. Once your bolt is locked and your lugs are locked in, all the pressure, everything is handled up in the front of the action. And you'll actually notice on the furthest extreme front uh, pockets, they're only a few thousands deep and they're only for aesthetics. It's all the rear pockets behind the lugs that have the depth and the weight savings. The front ones were, again, just for just for looks and to kind of tie everything in together. They don't affect – the integrity of the action itself is not affected in any way. We're not even close to hitting any type of tolerance, um, removing any strength at all.
0: You can see I'm posted on my Instagram, and I got two or three questions about – well, that, that that action doesn't have any serial numbers. What are you guys doing yeah, about cor- that? Yeah,
1: of course we're, we're, we're reapplying the serial numbers. It's going to say TKT3X it, with your serial number. It's like number. no shit.
0: No we, shit we're going to put the serial number yes. back on it.
1: It will be to the correct depth, to the correct ATF specifications. We are not changing anything about the serial number. It's just being reapplied in the same exact manner.
0: Where is that going to go?
1: It's going to go down in those pockets. So on the same side where it normally was. One pocket's going to say Ticket T3X. The other pocket's going to have the serial number. All Perfectly right. legal. Yeah, people. 100%.
0: And then another person said, are you taking out any of the actual pins or screw holes?
1: Yeah, so on the on the forward edge, we are losing a pin and screw hole. And I've already had several questions. I talked to Ken about this. So the SRS makes a 20 MOA Tika Rail. And because we're losing that screw and pin, what we do is we're going to pin the rear. So there is a pin spot on the rear uh, furthest towards where the bolt handle is. So at the rear of where the rail is, we just add an extra hole in the rail and we put a pin there. So you'd have three screws and a pin, which is more than acceptable if you wanted to run a rail. You can still run our um Tika rings that clamp directly to the top of the action. That doesn't change anything
0: and people can send in their own actions
1: yep you can send in your own action Um, you don't have to buy all the parts of the project you can send just for bolt flute just for the action body Uh, any part of that is fine
0: and obviously you're doing pure custom builds with it
1: yeah if you want if you have a we have something like 30 tika builds in the books at the moment so if any of you that have a current build and you want to add that uh, lightning process it just uh, it's a little package and we'll put it in your build So, like I said, we are Tika Direct now. That means we can sell. I'll sell you a Tika just as a Tika, Mm -hmm. you know, just like you can buy anywhere else. Uh, You can order a Tika from us and say, hey, can you thread the muzzle and put a brake on before you ship it to me? Fucking absolutely. Anything that you could want on a Tika rifle at this point, we can do it. Uh, We are in the middle of developing our own bottom metal and magazine. Uh, It has the same look, feel, and mag release as our current line of UM, DBM, and mags. And it's not 100% official, but according to drawings at this moment, we will, we should be able to hit 3.600 inside the mag. Now, don't get all excited yet. So, the bottom metal and mag, this will be this will be magnum only. It's going to come with a new bolt stop because we need to come even further back than the long action bolt stop. But we don't do any work to the action. The load port is already 3.67 inches long. It's just horribly unutilized. So we are creating a, a bottom metal and mag, 100% custom that still fits in the Tika spot, but will potentially <clears throat> house 3.600 inch long ammo. We're also gonna make a standard DBM that takes factory mags, of course, for you other guys. Um, and we're going to have bolt handles and knobs. We're going to have, we're going to have everything. It's going to be one-stop shop for Tika stuff.
0: Yeah, and you're going to have – you're also going to do a – I think we talked about this. You're going to do another bottom – just aluminum bottom metal just for a standard Tika. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, that's what I'm saying. So yeah, yeah. we'll have we'll have a standard bottom metal that will take factory oh, okay. Tika mags to okay. still fit in the same spot. But still, our UM-DBM and mag with that added length is going to fit in the same spot. Like any, any Tika – everything is going to fit the way a normal Tika would it's just going to be reorganized and and just better utilize utilization of the space.
0: It's interesting they have 3.6, but I guess over, you know, Scandinavian countries aren't real big magnum fans, so they're not shooting really big cases.
1: Yeah. I mean, of course like the 300 Win Mag and the 7 Ram Mag that you can get, you could take that Tika rifle you just purchased for 750 and a 300 Win Mag and just put our bottom metal and mag in there and be able to run a 215 hybrid out of a 300 Win Mag instantly.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's really no, you can run onto the PRCs, you can run 30 or 28 Nosler full, you know, yes. all the way to three six. Yes. Which is pretty sweet. Yes. And the action can handle it. Guys are all, like you said, you have those PMs about that. That was probably the biggest PM I had is outside of the serial numbers, which I find is funny. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to fucking break a federal law. You know, you're yeah. just like a fly by night, you know, company here. Come on, fucking. Yeah. We're ready. just gonna
1: we're just gonna cut all the legal information <laughs> off the action and send it back to you.
0: Yeah, yeah, we want the ATF to show up. That's our goal, fucking people. Uh,
1: <laughs> we are. So I should I should preface that with we are FFL07 and SOT2.
0: Yeah, manufacturer. We status. are
1: manufacturer yeah. status, meaning we can produce our own suppressors and serialize them. We can produce fully automatic weapons. Uh, we can sell suppressors, make suppressors. Any NFA items, full auto, we are that level of, of license. Yeah.
0: All right. Before we jump on this table or <laughs> jump on this gun, on the, the rifle on this table, can we talk a little bit about what I'm, I'm kind of excited about this new. Uh, you have this new Vesper coming pretty soon, short action.
1: Are you still trying to get number one? Uh, me and we, you, you know I'm putting Mason in a Tika now.
0: I, dude, that's literally what I told him. Remember when we were up there, Yeah, coming?
1: he kept assuming it wasn't happening. I was like, "Dude, when you went to form school, <sighs> you said that you, when you came back and said, I want a six um on a Tika.' That's what you told me. So that's what I've been working on. So I don't know where the, I don't know where the Vesper thing came in. But Vesper so short number one. I didn't say that. I don't know. I'm not sure.
0: Whoa, there's no <clears> fucking <throat> backtracking now.
1: You said yes. It should be fine.
0: <sighs> I, I feel like. I'm pretty much. I'm going to auction it off. The way. The fuck you are. (laughs) I said, I feel like pretty much I'm fucking part of this fucking family now. I I really need (laughs) cereal. Uno.
1: Dude, I really think the short will end up outselling all the other lengths combined. And it's because we're going to have a 3.150 inch mag that goes with it on a standard fucking short. We almost turned our short into what the normal medium is for everybody else. So I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, Two weeks and they'll be here. Mm-hmm. Uh that's for the Vesper short 75 degree bolt throw. 3150 inside the mag. Uh that's also the same time as the hammer is coming out. That's our new uh competition PRS style action. Has a dual position bolt stop for has a BR dasher bolt stop length that's three hundred fifty thousand shorter than a normal pull. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes with both bolt stops and it has a 75 degree throw. Uh Corson Piper's our new sponsored shooting. He's been putting it through the paces, and he's very, very happy.
0: Him, Corson's been beating on it. Form's been beating on it, mm-hmm. and they have nothing but good things to say about it.
1: Basically, like Form said, he said the more I use it, the smoother it is. Like it's it's breaking in nicely, and, it, and he said it's the smoothest 700 action he's ever felt.
0: From a known 700 <clears throat> hater,
1: yes, he fucking hates
0: them. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, he actually I should preface that he doesn't hate the 700; he hates 700 triggers. Mm-hmm. Uh well, that's sweet. So this rifle on the table, can you give us the scoop? gotta watch the video actually hey we're
1: gonna reverse this up a little bit let's see how well you do fucking (sighs) rifle spec it out
0: i'm gonna guess because i don't know but i'm gonna guess that that's a number five is that a number five ace barrel sure is number five base barrel 22 inches long it looks like it's got a ti pro 4 yeah on it yeah it has a night force uh 4 to 32 nx8 it's got a vesper medium Action and it has the Manners LRH stock on it with uh, unknowns bottom metal
1: unknown bottom metal. Mag- Fuck, I
0: just nailed that. And it has the <coughs> Premier rings on top. It does have the UM and it Premier has rings. A, I. I really like every time I see the serico, I'm like, ooh, man, that's really nice. And every time they bring it, I was like, well, fuck, this is another well, this is another beautiful seracoding job. Yeah.
1: This uh this is the most recent reel. He well, now he just posted one today too, but he just did this reel a couple days ago. Got twenty-seven thousand views.
0: Very sexy. Mm-hmm. It's not even because of the way Luke did the videos, it's just a sexy rifle. Luke has no credit there.
1: <laughs> we call that multicam variant one.
0: <laughs> and we got it, we would we would be Rob would be mad has a Spartan biprod. yeah
1: that's the the spartan flush rail on there too so you guys see that it's not it doesn't have a boss hanging out down below the rifle too bad and that'll also be available on the rock stock so there's four rail options we didn't go over on the rock stock really but a picatinny with a spartan that is all flush in the scallop which is nice Mm -hmm. and then a picatinny an arca and then an arca pick and you have your choice of rail
0: yep looks like it's got a trigger tech trigger i'm gonna guess yep and then uh, it's got the mullinator <coughs> holding up the back end. It's
1: so a 7 song plus P. We expect uh, in a 20, does that say 20 or 22 inch? 22. In a 22 inch barrel, shooting a 180 out of a 7 song plus P, basically loaded as long as you want because it's in the medium, it'll do probably 3,000 feet a second. That's Close to 3,000.
0: Right yeah, with a 180. Yeah, and it fits in that medium probably nicely. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's, and the Molinator holding up the back end. You can buy those on Unknown, and you can buy the, if you like the green ones, you can buy them and on Rock If you Rockside. want
1: the ugliest, fuck, green one.
0: If you want the fucking ugliest one, go to UM. <laughs> if you want the most beautiful bag ever fucking produced, go to Rock Slide. Uh, another thing, I was just, we're off topic. We actually have a totally different topic, but we haven't got to it yet. But I, I'm going to harp on this again, because I get asked about actions all the time. And the reason the Tika rings are in existence now, and the reason that these types of actions are better, is they're all integrated. And in this day and age, people say, "Well, why would I spend what is it, eighteen hundred dollar action? How much is that?" Nineteen seventy. Nineteen seventy. People say, "Why the fuck am I spending an extra four or five hundred dollars on an action?" Everything. Well, first of all, I do believe that bat makes the best, and I believe this long before I met Jake, long before I actually met Bruce or Daryl. I believe bats. My first bat action was like this is the best 700 on the market. Well, now it's all integrated with the Vesper, and it's lightening, and it's lightened as much as you can lighten a stock down, or sorry, an action down. Why would you? You know, it's all about variable stacking. If you believe in the drop test, well, why wouldn't you take every other variable out too? This everything is integrated into this action. There is nothing to come loose on the actual action. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a no-brainer. Yep, yeah. and the rings there have been drop tested. Yep. Hunting's hard, you don't want to come down to ooh, my you know, my fucking pick rail came loose mm-hmm. or something happened weird inside the action with low locked and up for some reason.
1: When something comes loose up top, it's almost always a scope base, it's because of the little baby screws you're scared to put Loctite, you're scared to tighten them because you're going to ruin your action. Something about a scope base seems to always like to come loose.
0: I basically JB welded a pick rail on a 300 RUM because I kept having the pick rail come loose and, and, it, and it was pinned. And I was about. How do I don't ever clean them? So I was like four or five hundred shots in. Had some really wonky shit happen. I grabbed the scope and just go. You just, just barely see it moving, and it was fucking welded as I could do at mm-hmm. the time to the gun. So it's just a variable you can take out. Why wouldn't you do it? Mm-hmm. And, and then people say it's a you know a upcharge. It is an upcharge, but. Ain't nothing cheap about hunting. Mm-hmm. Shot of a lifetime and your fucking pick rails loose mm-hmm. or something came you know weird with your recoil, which recoil lugs rarely really come loose, even the ones that weren't integrated, but mm-hmm. it could. Yep. So anyways, it's a beautiful gun. <clears throat> that was Is that quite for the sell? rant.
1: Well, that, that, that one was built for a customer. However, uh, the video has sold a couple more like it already. We can build you any rifle that you want, painted any way you want. Just reach out to riflesandunknownmunitions.com.
0: Very good-looking. I actually Very have a
1: rifle looking. builder on the website, too, if you guys are curious what something like that. So for those of you that are watching on the YouTube, this package right here without a scope is 5,700. With the scope and rings on there, it is 8,000.
0: It's just day and age. is isn't bad.
1: We do take uh, pennies, dimes, nickels, quarters. We're kind of like those crack dealers that will take anything. I'll give you a nickel bag. Yep. We have, we have layaway. Can we we can a... put We can put a kid to slave labor. We got all kinds of shit needs to be done back there. (laughs) Whatever you got to get done.
0: All right. Well, I think we covered all that. I guess the task at hand now is we had a question. Let me bring it up. A question emailed into us, and we do appreciate the the questions. It's podcast at shoot to hunt if you have Uh, a question.
1: This is not the speak pipe. This is another one.
0: No, we have the speak pipe at the end. Okay. This is a question from Ryan Stokes. He says, hey, shoot to hunt team. He said, "This may be a good topic for a podcast. What magnification is recommended for a scope that is for hunting out to say 800 yards, but you practice with your hunting setup oh, out to 1,000 yards? Currently, I'm proficient out to 600 yards with a cheaper Vortex BDC scope, and want to get good out to a thousand yards on targets. My first thing to tell you is, you never know if you're good with a Vortex.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost knew that was coming for sure.
0: Yeah, you want to make sure you uh, if you, you want to be proficient
1: to a thousand yards." Ditch the Vortex. Well, I, uh, how about this? How about do How about do a tall target test? Drop your rifle a few times. Mm-hmm. Don't lose zero. And then maybe that one's okay.
0: And, and then to caveat to that is he's saying a BDC, so he's not dialing. So mm-hmm. it may be, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to speculate on what I do. I never tested it. Okay. So we have posing views on this. I will let Jake rants on this is what well, we were, we're already fucking
1: arguing about it. all you do is mention that shit and we already started arguing about it we,
0: we we didn't get like i got this i read the exact same thing to him right before the podcast i wasn't even finished and he was telling Fuck. me how i was wrong
1: i'm not going to say anybody th- in this situation i think you said it best nobody's right or wrong
0: it's what's works you got to make what works, what works, best works for, you. for you but there's always like the preferred method
1: i think the preferred method is the method in which you're
0: successful and there's a caveat for you too, because you're you, you say what you it is corrected, but like talking to Tanya's, hers is corrected. She has brand new freaking eyes, you know, lenses, yeah. and her eyes still aren't as good as mine. So
1: I'll also caveat. so I'll start this I'll start this argument with I have limited experience. I am not a professional hunter. I have killed some shit, and I'm a good shot. I have I have probably one person in my corner that would back me up.
0: I I haven't seen, I guess I've really only seen you shoot one thing, so. Well, I'm just going to,
1: uh, we'll just equate this to the most recent elk that I shot. Uh, Luke was there, he filmed it, shot elk at 840 with the wife's 6.5 solomon Proof Plus P, extremely similar to this build that's in front of us, laying down 840, very comfortable position, had a shit ton of time. I was in and out of the rifle 10 fucking times. We were watching all these bulls come up this hill. And so there was no stress. No wobble. Everything was perfectly stable. <clears throat> so when I finally jumped over there and it was that shot. He show, if you guys are watching on the tube. He's uh, showing the shot right now. It actually it looks really high in the video for some reason. But it was exactly at the top of the crease. One shot the elk died. Now I will, so I will say all of this. So... I'm not sure I could have made that shot. I had my NX8 at full 32 magnification. What Ryan's telling me is that I should have been able to kill it out to a thousand yards at six power. Well when I put my fucking rifle at six power, I just can't see the elk as well as I can see him at thirty-two power. So I just I choose to see the the animal or the target better by zooming in further. Now, okay, so to to actually side with you a little bit.
0: Wait a a minute, you're siding with me a little
1: bit? I'm just going to say what happened after the shot.
0: Okay.
1: After the shot, the rifle did jump up a little bit because I didn't have my bipod dug in real well. Rifle, well, you can see the shot there, right? So So rifle jumps up a little bit. I'm trying to get back in the scope. So immediately, (coughs) if I have to get back in the scope, my hand reaches up and I come out of the magnification. Right, so I'm trying to find the elk, and he had went just behind this crease. Now, of course, Luke, the spotter, mm-hmm. if you have a spotter with you, a fucking video, it's a, you know it makes all the difference in the world. He's still on the elk, and he's saying, "Yeah, he's wobbling. He's about to go down. He's about to go down." And then he drops. Mm-hmm. Well, during that time, I was trying to reacquire him just in case I could get another shot, and I couldn't find him because it was only his antlers that were showing behind this fold. So had so here's my here would be my thoughts. I would not have been able to get a follow-up shot. I don't know if that was – I wouldn't say I would blame it on the thirty two I would blame it on the jump of the rifle and the fact that he was behind the seam at that point. right? So if, if I didn't have Luke next to me, I'd have been shitting a brick. That would be the worst situation I hate in hunting is when you don't know the animal's down. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I could have made as good of a shot at six power, and I don't know if that would have helped me with a follow-up shot. But I've always shot this way, whether it be at a hundred yards, I'm on 32 power. Like it's what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. It's what I feel most comfortable with. So that's what I do. And I've never had a bad experience in let's say five years of hunting Yeah, and shit dies. So I know there's going to be another side of the argument and you may say, well, if you're at a hundred yards and you shot a group at six magnification, 18 magnification and 32 magnification, well, if it was your best group at six, would you continue? Would you start shooting that way? and i don't know i don't know that i would and i don't think it would be better either with a with a stable so you're are you trying
0: I, to still into my argument
1: no I, I, this is the best this is like m on fucking 8 mile and his last me? fucking round i'm going to take all your shit out of your mouth before it even gets to you
0: self degradation or self yeah, that's the you, word. yeah yeah
1: self se- yeah self yeah. degradation
0: degradation yeah
1: so <clears throat> if my group was better at six power would i start hunting that way because i thought everything would be better probably not i think that the further out that you go when you're trying to see something the more closely you want to see Like, why have magnification anyway? Mm -hmm. Like, if if, if everybody could kill everything inside a thousand yards at six power, then why the fuck add a variable to your scope? Why are the scopes out there? Why is there a scope out there that goes to 32 magnification if you don't need it? That doesn't make a lot of sense. But... Yeah, I don't know that I have much else to say about it.
0: <laughs> First, I want to preface it. like, No, oh, you got more. Talk about I do aims, have more. Aim small, miss small.
1: Yeah, so where did the fucking phrase aim small, miss small come from? If the purpose was not to aim small, right? Like you're aiming at the smallest point that you can. Not the center of the elk with your fucking... Oh, if you can put the crosshair on the elk, if you could quarter the elk with your crosshair, you can kill it. Well, where did aim small, miss small come from then? And, and you know... Until I go through form school, I get, you know, maybe things will change after I go through his school, but at the same point, I don't expect them to. I don't expect that even if I sh- even if I can hit a 24-inch gong at 1,000 yards on six power, that doesn't mean I'm going to hunt that way. I just don't think so. And, it, you know, if he was sitting here next to me, I'd talk the same shit, but we uh, both killed an elk on the same trip, and I believe that mine was only shot once, and the other one was shot a lot of times. So you can say whatever you want. Maybe he was on six power. Maybe he should have been on 32. Maybe he would have seen better. <laughs> Who fucking knows? And yeah, he's not here next to me to argue, and I know he would. Yeah. But these are, the, these, these are the hard facts. Mm-hmm. The hard facts. Mine died with one shot at 32 power, and the other one died after many shots at maybe it was six power. Maybe he could have seen a little better. I don't know. What's your rebuttal?
0: Well, first of all, I don't want to say you can kill things at a 1,000 yards with six power, and I'll go back. That's what you just
1: said for me. That was what you were just arguing a minute ago. What I said
0: was if you can quarter up the animal in the scope reticle, in the dot, in where the X is, you can kill it. What does that mean? Visualize it for me. Okay, so I I won't argue with you. If the reticle takes up the whole animal. Uh Uh-huh. You don't know exactly where you're going to hit because you can't see the animal. If you can quarter, if your reticle, if the actual center part of that reticle, you can quarter up the animal into four different parts, top, bottom, left, okay. right, Yeah. you can, that's the dog grunting, that's not Jake Carton. <laughs> uh, Buzz is grunting, you can hit it where you want to hit it.
1: So you're not trying to take the shot as you're quartering the elk because you would be moving forward a little bit. Yeah, so you're just I, saying if, if you I can, can see four up, parts. Yep.
0: If you can quarter up that animal, you can put the crosshair where you want it, is what I'm saying. so basically this is this is this isn't like my opinion this is we've tested this out is we would shoot people they shoot whatever varied magnifications they would shoot their groups this group would be done with a six power 10 power 32 power doesn't matter and then we would go to six power or let's say under 10 power and this is when we were doing the shooting school almost everybody and i think everybody shot better groups with lower power and i think what happens and Form would be much better.
1: These are in unideal situations, though, as far as position, not ideal positions.
0: Two people shooting bipods, bags, and a few people shooting backpacks and bags, and a few people shooting backpacks and bags. So you're talking laying down. I'm talking about how most hunting goes down, like you did in the field. Some people use bipods, some people use a backpack, but they all had rear support. Okay. So it's prone field shooting position. Um, Everybody shot better with lesser magnification. And my thought is, and the forum would be able to explain this better because he's seen it a lot more than both of us, is when we get to that 20 and plus magnification, we're even when you're, you're looking at a little dot at 100 yards or whatever that range is, you're floating around that wobble zone is pretty damn big and you worry about it and you're trying to aim your shot. You're basically snapping the trigger when that thing's perfect in your mind. And you may not agree with this, but we, it'll play out when you see it happen. When you have a six or ten power, and you're filling up more of that reticle with the bull, the bullseye down there, you don't worry about it as much. So your mind just gets to try to get center of that center, and you're pulling the trigger. Well, don't pull the trigger to the crosshair quits moving. Well, when you start shooting groups, you you should. We'll have to we'll have to try it out. When under pressure, mm-hmm.
1: things are going to be different, of course. What well, you're, you're describing is the situation that happens under pressure in in non ideal positions.
0: Well, it's in prone and you're steady. You're supported. It's yeah. like you're not going to get much better in the field. But I think that's why people are trying to aim the shot instead of just get it in the center and pull the trigger. Mm. So anyways, that's just I don't know if that's fact or not. As My mom always said I point. was
1: special. I must be special.
0: Well, I think you are. Well, you know, you're special. Uh-huh. Uh and the biggest reason I told you before, the biggest reason for lower, lower magnification, and I've seen this play out. You haven't seen it play out yet. I, I, we can say for a, for a fact I have a bitter, bigger body of work on watching animals get shot. Oh, yeah. Well, we discussed earlier, and I, hunters, never agree with you. I want my first shot to be deadly. And I would say 80% of the time it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying the animal isn't going to be dead. I'm just saying that it doesn't fall within. I don't want to
1: interrupt you. When you killed your, you your big bull yep. at 340, what magnification were you on?
0: Nine.
1: What? How far was it?
0: Seven hundred ten yards. Fucking serious. Yeah.
1: And was it a, was a thirty two nx eight?
0: No, it's a three to eighteen uh, Um, My average. I would say this for a fact because I always look down and think about things. About I have not shot over twelve powder, including a twelve hundred yard shot on a on a bear, in the last four years. It has been over twelve power oh, shot. Shit. Yeah, and it's more of a. Form, and people, and you in and I know you're this way, and I want to put this out there. Are you doing it because you're challenging yourself? I want to see, well, form will say something, and I, and I read more than just form. Form is a fucking great, great resource. But I always want to prove him wrong. That's my goal. <laughs> I know that's your goal. Because that's how, we're all, that's why this works. That's really why this works. We're all different, but we all don't want to be wrong. Oh. So I want to prove, well, fuck, form's full of shit, or Jake's full of shit. This is how it is. So I've tried to, uh, multiple times, anyways, it doesn't really matter, but I know for a fact that the smaller, you know, lower magnification, bigger field of view, and I know for a fact there was an elk shot up here in North Idaho. It was a 700 something yard shot again, 28 Nozzler. I had it, the scope, I believe it was a 20 power scope. I can't remember which brand it was. I think it was a, doesn't matter. It's 20, 22, no, it was an NXS, so it was 22 power. I shot a bull at 700-something yards, 22 power. And this is the last time I shot someone the highest magnification I had. I shot him. I knew I hit him well, and I was not in the ideal position. He was on another ridge. I was above him. There was brush in front of us, so I had to, like, build up a position. I literally, like, stacked a bunch of freaking sticks, and I put my backpack on top of those sticks, and I'm banging across this thing. And I I did kill him the first shot, but I could not find him, like, right there because he was also in this burnt vegetation. I was literally moving around, so I, I took the thing, and it sp- Pushed it all the way back, and I believe it goes down to 5 power, 5 to 22. Back to 5 power, and I'm looking, I find him. And I just shot him again. I could see the hit that time, and it was not a good position. I shot him again. This is why I fucking hate 7 millimeters. Shot him again, and all, both those I saw him hit, and he, he went down, but I looked for probably in my mind it was probably less than thirty seconds, but it felt like five minutes mm. trying to figure out where he went because if he he was kind of on a knife edge ridge and he was on he was on the you know the downhill side, but I thought he would climb that ridge and I didn't want him to go the backside's terrible, so I was trying to kill him before he got there mm-hmm. and from that day forward, I think that was 2018 maybe 2017 I've tried to shoot everything in a mid range to the low side of the scope mm-hmm. And it's, I have, I've have gotten shots off that I wouldn't have before. I found animals like this one on nine power over in Wyoming. I what it also goes to the rifle you're shooting. Like you've, you've seen like go into slower power. You don't have near the fricking jump near the boom. And you're usually right back in the scope, right back on the animal. Yeah. We're shooting the six U M and I'm not trying to pump the six U M on this, but I never even left the elk, let alone like left. I was probably within four or five inches of where I hit him in the recoil yeah and i ran the bolt and i literally he turned like i said he took a step forward or step back a step forward and he turned towards me and i was going to hit him right in the chest again and he just dropped Mm -hmm. and that mag, and i would have saw him even if i was on 18 power because the recoil was i was in a beautiful position a little bit sloped downhill beautiful recoil i had the melt bullinator on the back i had the freaking spartan on the front super solid but And I was he was this is the first time I ever shot something that looked like a golf course for an elk. (laughs) I always bitch about people, how the hell they kill things on golf courses. Mm -hmm. Well, I finally shot an elk on a golf course. (laughs) Because my shit's usually on, you know, like the the cellway shit that's straight up, straight down. You see him, you hit him, then you never see him again. You gotta go over there to see if you even killed them. And uh so lower magnification on most Rocky Mountain elk. In the Rocky Mountains, not necessarily where we were hunting in Montana or where mm-hmm. I was hunting in Wyoming. But you have you might have one or two shots. So mm-hmm. I want to be able to know I hit him and get a follow-up shot as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. When you're on 32 power, you have to agree. It's fucking hard to find them I once do. you lose. I absolutely them.
1: agree. That was that that was why I made the the subtle the subtle argument that yep. how good do you want the first shot to be? Do you want to shoot the first shot expecting <laughs> to shoot two more? Or do you want to try to put that In the exact spot it needs to go. and Yeah, you can say, oh, maybe the bullet doesn't perform anyway and and this and that. But I guess time will tell me and as I gain more experience, maybe I have some bad experiences. Um, But Uh, I do agree that on 32X, it is not easy to reacquire. And if you are in a situation where you don't want the elk to get anywhere and it's not a golf course, then Mm -hmm. you should should definitely be not on full mag.
0: And terrain dictates. Like, I want to be able to get two shots on him, even if he's dead as a doornail. I don't, if you're in this, you know, this big picture we have of the shoot to hunt Mm -hmm. uh, podcast booth, it's a shithole. I mean, it is, that's like Mordor, man. It is like the (laughs) shittiest terrain you can fucking find in North America. And if that sucker, like if you look at the stuffer by Jake, if it gets over one of those ridges and down the other side and you got to come back up and out of there, man, I want to get two or three shots to anchor him. And that to me is lower magnification gives me the better opportunity to hit those animals. And going back to what you said about aim small, miss small, the first time I ever read that was in a. Mountain Man book, and I think we're aim small, miss small. And I don't, don't, don't quote me on this. If I'm wrong, please send in emails. But it's from Iron Sights and Peep Mm Sights, not from Magnification. But I don't know that as a fact. But that's the first time I read Aim Small, Miss Small is a Mountain Man book.
1: Yeah. So
0: that's really all I got on it. Uh, uh,
1: So, not that this movie was 100% true, but what is that? What is the Chris Kyle movie?
0: No, Aim Small, Miss Small is the the first time I is also in Patriot.
1: Yeah. But was it the Chris Kyle movie? Yep. So, uh, so he's shooting American and uh, there's some f- saying in there, and I don't remember if he was like shooting the rattlesnake or something like that when they was doing their practice on the on the line. Mm-hmm. But something that said somebody said something about aim small, miss small. If you can see this on this, then you're not aiming small enough or whatever. You should be able to pick the the nose off the Abraham Lincoln penny or something. I don't know. There's something that goes along with it, but but, but to me, aim small, miss small means don't shoot the penny, shoot the nose on Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, that's what aim small miss small means to me and you can't shoot the nose off of them at sick power But you could at 32
0: <coughs> Interesting and the mm-hmm. wobble thing To me makes sense in my brain and I know i've heard that and it may have been for form It may have been from somebody else But the bigger that wobble the more you concentrate on that wobble and the more yeah. you're trying to make it float right across that Across and if you see it a lot with the bows
1: Well, like the more rigid yeah. you try to be the more it's going to wobble you have yep. to you have to flow with the wobble Find the center of your wobble yep. and let it go,
0: and then it goes back to like trigger, you know, trigger control. People say, "Oh, I want to be surprised by the rifle."
1: You better close those groupings, Kyle. Is it got your off eye shut?
0: Oh uh, yeah, we're watching the American sniper.
1: Aim small, miss small, right there. If you aim for a shirt button, you might miss by two inches. If you aim for a shirt, you might miss by two feet. Well, there's the fucking explanation right there.
0: Okay, well we can definitely say that nobody's aiming at a shirt size freaking target.
1: You're, that's what you're telling me. You told me to quarter an elk.
0: Okay, but if when I pull up on an elk and say it's on six power, let's just say it is. I don't, uh-huh. I don't, I've never shot an elk with a six power rifle or six power scope. I'm still like aiming, to, like I'm pulling up on the quarter and I'm pulling it right to where I think I'm pretty sure that the chest is, uh-huh. pretty, right behind the shoulder. And it's pretty close. Did you see
1: your use of words there? Huh. Because if I was at 32, I'd be aiming at the top end point of the crease and it would be perfect.
0: Maybe, maybe not.
1: Well, I'm just saying it would be.
0: Well, your wobble. The aiming point would be your wobble may be so you know big enough to where you know it's what's point. So that
1: elk at 840, mm-hmm. I can honestly tell you, honestly 100, percent there was no wobble at that distance. Like I wasn't trying to. It wasn't this thing at all. Like I, mm. you know, I'm squeezing bag, fucking cheek down on the bag, right. loaded up on the bike Like I felt wonderful. I, and I, I could see, see my fucking spot, and, and I it don't wasn't wobbling.
0: Know the terminology, but I know that there's something that factor when you're shooting at something, and you do have a wobble, and you you're not only getting rigid, you're also snapping on the trigger. Oh, I know that. So I I just think that that I don't know form would be much better to explain this, but it's more about your mind's relaxed because you're not trying to get the exact pinpoint, mm-hmm. and we're not shooting at pennies, mm-hmm. we're shooting at freaking elk and deer, which have big kill boxes. So you just got to get it into the vitals. Mm-hmm. And it, it, to tell me if you can quarter up the animal and you can't hit it in the vitals, there's probably something wrong with your fundamentals. Mm-hmm. So I think we're, this is another thing. We got to go to the range and prove it out.
1: Yeah, but they're still. there's this is not one of those. It's not a finite. It's not a, it's not a black and white situation. Well, there's a lot of
0: variables to it.
1: Definitely not black and white. And, if, and, if, and if, if, if I had 15 years of experience having never lost an animal or had to have. 52 follow-up shots or anything else and I've been doing it the same way the whole time, most people are going to rely on their personal experience and not all of a sudden be swayed because somebody said I could shoot better if I could see less.
0: Yep. I just don't think you're going to miss an animal having it on 12.
1: No. To to 30 I'm not saying you'll miss.
0: The, the, well, I did agree with you on this. Where I want magnification is like a spike only hunt, mm-hmm. where I have to shoot a, just a cow, and I know I'm going to be shooting six, eight hundred yards. Yeah. Sometimes those little spikes grow, you know, like oh yeah, five or six inch spikes, and you won't see them well if you're on low power scope.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That would be the time that or I if really... you
1: or if you don't, if you're what type of guy that doesn't want to carry a spotter. Yeah. Well, sometimes that 32 mag is going to make the difference between judging horn curls and everything else you know you may end up having to use that yeah
0: it gets hard to judge in the scope and we're not telling people to go you know point at everything with your rifle so let's
1: let's reread his question then and then answer his question because i don't think we answer he's asked he's asking what does he need
0: what magnification is recommended for a scope that is for hunting out to say 800 yards but you practice with your hunting setup out to a thousand yards currently i'm proficient out to 600 yards with a cheaper vortex bdc scope and want to get good out to a thousand yards on targets go
1: ahead well this the 4 to 32 nx8 covers all the worlds right like you can shoot low magnification and you can shoot high magnification and figure out what it is that you like it covers you know we know that the the two and a half to 20 has a higher failure rate than the 4 to 32 we know the nx8 is one of the best scopes out there for not failing right so if you were going to invest in something that you wanted to be able to shoot because he may he may be proficient at a thousand and want to reach to a mile well don't you know form Ryan Avery or not, you're not going to tell me I'm going to shoot a mile on six power. It's just not going to happen. Never done it. Yeah. No. Well, I'll just say, I would just I'm, say no, I'm
0: going to have to try it.
1: I would just say it's not going to happen. Like, not proficiently.
0: Are you, are you saying that I can't shoot an animal at a mile with a six power scope?
1: I'm saying that to be successful consistently, you will need more magnification than six.
0: Here's another way of thinking of this. I shot in a moose. Oh, God, this will get that jack guy all fired up. We, we actually got to do that. Pod- That's a podcast we got to do next week. Which one? The Me dancing around. my. I've never danced around my 1,775-yard shot on a moose. Uh-huh. But we need to do that next week. Okay. So I shot a moose at 1,775 yards, one shot, one kill, aim small, miss small, 22 power, but I was on 20. It was that same NX scope. Yep. NXS, I was on twenty. So you should easily be able to half that at half that distance, right? So eight hundred yards at ten should be fucking easy, right?
1: Okay. I'm not saying eight hundred yard ten is not good for eight hundred yards.
0: No, I'm just saying if you like through the multi, you know, the, yeah, the power factor. So at, my my answer to him is, if you get a scope, you yeah. don't need thirty two power to kill animals out to eight hundred yards or shoot to a thousand. I love and I've been trying to get someone to build the perfect scope for me. And this is my selfish needs is a 3 to 18 by 44. Like the Trigicon 10 mile but with a Maven reticle.
1: What's the new Maven one?
0: The Maven New Maven is two and a half to fifteen, which would be fine.
1: Two and a half to fifteen, okay.
0: With their reticle, I really like their reticle. I do want eighteen because I do want to do if I am hunting in the spike only. If I am looking for something, if I got to find something when I'm not pointing the animal, you know, pointing the rifle around at random targets that could be humans out there. You see people scoping people all the time. No, you already ready to engage the animal, and you're looking at fine details. That's when you crank it up that magnification. Hmm. Anyways, a four to sixteen would work.
1: Why don't you have eight-power binoculars?
0: Actually, I'm moving to eight-power.
1: Holy shit.
0: I'm moving, next year, I'm going to get eight-power range-finding binoculars. Why? Bigger field of view. Lush handshake, bigger field of view. Hmm. I just decided that yesterday. So Did you? Yeah. So Tanya has a pair. What made me change is Tanya has a pair of nx 8 x ten or 8 by forty two. sorry. Holy shit. You can, like, see behind you like an antelope.
1: How's that going to help you pick out a bull at 2 miles?
0: I'm not. I mean, I could see a bill. I'm pretty sure you can, I I don't never measured it, but I know you could see it like probably 2 to 3 miles with eight powers. But what it does do, <clears throat> you know why the new popular the, the stabilizing zigs are super popular? Hmm. Cuz you can hand hold them and they have that stabilization. And when you're looking at when you're I'm not trying to give a class, glassing class, but when you're looking, when you're walking and you throw your binoculars up, You don't see, if you have movement, like handshake, and the animal's moving, you may not see that. Mm. Less handshake, the more you're going to see the movement. And the less you have to move your binoculars, so the bigger field of view, in one swipe, the more apt you are to see an animal in that field of view. So the bigger field of view, less handshake, makes for spotting more animals. Mm. So it's that 2X in a pair of binoculars isn't going to handicap me for seeing elk, and that's primarily what I would hunt two or three miles. Besides that, if I do have questions, I'm going to have a spotter. So I'm going to have a spotter looking out there. Yeah. But I may not see it with a 10 or 12 power throwing them up there and I'm shaking. I may not see the animal, especially if the animal's still. I may not see it because you're moving and you have that little blur factor in your eyes to where if it's not shaky, and you look up there, you may see that animal's just a little flick of the ear because if you're moving and it's moving, you may not see its movement.
1: Huh. Eight by 42?
0: Eight by 42. I'm going to use the range finding Swear well, you know, I was not gonna need to buy the
1: fucking range finding ones and
0: I was gonna get the tens. Well, how about this? I'll get the eights and then you can pair because I'll have eights and tens. So, uh. the, you know who's I fucking hate to say it and we can argue because he's coming next week. He's the one that swayed me because he's finding deer with those eight powers, no problem. i fucking surely gonna see an elk with the fucking eight well, powers. For him? No, uh, Robbie Denny. Uh, He's been an eight power guy the whole time. He was a seven power guy back when they, uh, uh, Swarrow had seven. Uh, SLCs.
1: now riddle me this: so you you're going from ten to eight because of the shakiness, right? Let's pretend and bigger, bigger field of view. Let's pretend for a moment, though, on the shakiness side that you were just a little bit stronger, and they weren't shaking because they're too heavy.
0: I don't think it's strength. I think it's like more age related, get a little really? shakier. I
1: well, don't know. What are you changing from a ten to an eight? Then you're, you're less shaking. It's less weight. Less shakiness.
0: There's no, it's about the same weight. No. Bigger field of view. See more animals. Especially if you put on a bipod, you see more animal in one swath. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're, when you're looking through a pair of binoculars, I was trying to explain this, and I'm the greatest. You
1: see fucking animals way fucking better than I do. That's why, that's why I'm asking you these questions. So this is one of those mm-hmm. things where I don't have an opinion on the, I have an opinion there, but I'm not good at fighting animals, and I'm not good at binoculars. I love
0: 12s. I have a pair of 12 NLs. Love them. Well, they just sitting around collecting dust. I got to have them on a tripod. And the thing is, this is, I've lost animals. We've already discussed this about rangefinders inside your binoculars. I've lost animals because I didn't, I had to That's go back make, between the two. So, you really, have you, have, yeah, you have three three things you need to use: you have your binocular, your rangefinder, then you have to go to your weapon system. So, having the rangefinders and binoculars, you just have two things. So, they're going from that. I really love the NLs, and I wish I could fucking those eight NLs. I'll bring them in. You have the twelves or tens. I have twelves. So I'll bring in the eights, and then you can look out here.
1: You have eight pures too.
0: Yeah. While well, your yes.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I thought you were saying she had the range
0: finding ones. I have the range finding ones. Not the eights though. Not. Th- I'm getting, getting the. I'm eights. getting the eights. Okay. After I was just messing around with her NLS, and they're not the NLS field of view is bigger than the NL or the the uh, ELs yeah. range, and the EL range is not as good as the EL glass. It's close. Mm-hmm. Everybody says it's the same. I see a little bit of difference. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. But just being able to see more animals in the field of view and not having a little bit of shake. No. But I, I think I'll see more. Maybe I won't. Hmm. I don't think I'll see less.
1: I know that like when I just went deer hunting with the family up there in Montana, I was the one that spotted all the damn deer. That that We had some Meopta Mio, Mio, Meostars is what Mason has. I think they're 12s, 12 by 50. We had some Mavens out there and some... What's the one that has the flatteners in it, but the Nikon Monarch 7? Uh, Nikon Monarch 7?
0: No. Freaking everybody has them. I told them to buy the – Shane and Eric have them. The Nikon – I think it's Monarch 7. Dang it. I know what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: well, it's a pair of those, too. So mm-hmm. of the four binoculars out there. Now, of course, you know I would say that the kids probably don't put in as much effort. You know, They just kind of get bored easily looking around. But I know I found more deer than they did with those peers, the 12s. Well, and I think you're putting effort into it. Yeah, I think effort has something to do with it. But
0: yeah, I think, in, and you're trying to get to where you.
1: Yeah, those Monarch sevens. Those not the ones with the flatteners, the good ones, the nine hundred about mm-hmm. nine hundred dollars ones. Mm-mm.
0: Huh. Nope. The Nikon. No, it's not them. Okay. Can't think of the name of them. Anyways, the. Uh... So did we, did, did,
1: did we answer his question? Because I, I made a suggestion. I, I think I, go with something that you know is not going to fail, that has a wide magnification range, so you can figure out what you want.
0: Magnification and glass are, are kind of my second and third. It always says first is durability. What passes the rock side drop tests? And I think we're all on the same page there. So you're down to Nikon. Nikon, sorry. You're not Nikons. <laughs> Damn, I can't. They, they, they don't even like rifle hunters. They stop making scopes. You're down to Night Force, Trijicon, SWFA, and now the Maven 2.5 to 15, the 1.2 rifle scope, and some Bushnells. Um, there is a few other outliers, but those are the four main ones. Mm-hmm. Find them. Me- anything in the teens that we can agree you can shoot to 1,000 yards. 32, I do. I own two of the 4 to 13, 4 to 32s. And they're fine. I just don't use the higher end very often. What
1: about the argument that on failing light, on first light or failing light, that you end up coming off of magnification to let in more light? So let's say, for example, if you had a 2.5 to 20, and you say, yeah, you can th- to shoot to 1,000 yards with that, no problem. But as the light starts to fail, you're going to start losing that light, and you find yourself having to come back off. Mm-hmm. Whereas as you're coming back off the 32, you may end up back at 20 mm-hmm. and be able to shoot further with less light.
0: With any of the magnification or many of the optics from quality companies that we just talked about, you're never going to have a problem in the middle of that magnification shooting things past legal or before legal shooting light. They're all going to take you to legal shooting light.
1: Yeah, but the distance would decrease. Oh, I think the, the distance of light decreases. Yeah. Yes.
0: And I don't think that's, I don't even, even if you have like, even if those swaros were, you know, durable, I don't think you're going to gain enough to make a difference. Hmm. I think if you have a 15 power, you're all going to be relatively light out at the same time, to where you can't shoot. And and, and illumination is another thing. Is
1: this will be a good topic for Robbie because he's I know he's done a lot of that type of testing, the last light kind of testing, and
0: yeah. And yeah. Robbie's a sub tension guy. Yeah, Robbie doesn't dial. So mm-hmm. we are next is it next week, next Friday. We have Robbie coming on. Yeah, he's and he's uh, he's contemplating. He's listening, and it's funny because his dad, who is very set in his ways, is listening. Listening to the podcast, reading the two twenty three and the light bullet threads on rockslide, and now he's starting to like see the light. It's pretty oh, funny. Shit. And now Robbie's like a Dione moving to a twenty two Creed, and they're both big. You know, deer hunters. Deer hunters are cult members. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're like Jehovah Witnesses. <laughs> they are they're like clicky they're weird they're uh-huh. awkward yeah, yeah and uh so if one does something one will stand back and go why is he doing that yeah is that better yeah should i do that <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, we all may be just as bad
0: oh fuck dude we're just as bad i was <laughs> like why why is he doing that uh we got a speak pipe question so all right i think we answered it. anything in the mid-range i would say anything between 10 and 20 in my opinion you're golden
1: and I would say, why not go with the 4032 if it covers exactly what you're saying and it covers the potential for wanting more magnification?
0: If it's a night force, I really don't see it. It goes
1: down to four, right? A lot of arguments are with the higher magnifications that it doesn't go low enough mm-hmm. for guys like uh, spot and not spot and stock. Uh, yeah, spot and
0: stock. ambush hunting. Ambush. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah.
1: if you're ambush hunting walking through the woods and you're going no, to shoulder for stock. a 50, that's spot. And stock. Okay. Yeah. Well, you want that lower magnification, otherwise you're not going to be able to see the animal in front of you. So there's the, always that argument Yeah. where I think it's four is pr- pretty low
0: Yeah. and 32 oh, is, is pretty low. fucking high. That, and there's a whole another question about where can you see the reticle, you know, if you're yeah. doing a first focal plane or second focal plane. That's why I really like that new Maven reticle. Mm-hmm. Jake just ordered some of those. That Maven reticle puts you, has a reticle that works from two and a half mm-hmm. to 15.
1: Yeah, if you guys want to put a, a Maven, this new one we're talking about two and a half to fifteen by forty-four. By fifty. So. Two and a half to fifteen 44. By, by forty-four. Uh the one that has passed the drop test now, we're gonna start carrying those for builds if you're
0: interested. Yep. So that's those would be my answers. I don't Jake, Jake's not wrong. You, I, a four to thirty two night force is never gonna fail you. So mm-hmm. shouldn't say never. Ninety nine percent. And plus it, 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 a
1: Knight Force NX8 at two thousand bucks, four to thirty two F1 holds its fucking value. You're not going to buy this. It's not like buying a Vortex. Well, I, sh- I shouldn't talk shit, but it's going to hold its value. You could turn around and sell it to the next guy for what you paid, and he's going to be happy with it. You know, It's not. A, yeah. It's an investment. It's not a loss in no. any way.
0: No, if you get it, you don't like it. You're not going to lose your money on it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, he has up. It's a 44. That's the one. We need a 1-2, Luke. Um,
1: RS 1.2-2. All
0: right. We got a speak pipe question. I have no idea what it is, so here we go.
1: Ryan, who loves the Creedmoor and Jake with the beard of gypsy pubes. I got a question <laughs> for you. What is the best hiking trail on Canfield Mountain to train for mountain hunting? And also just so I could start being less fat. Nice. All right. Thanks. Bye. Nice. That's this a... is funny, too, because you go up a, a slightly different way than I do.
0: I've, I've been up both. I like my way better because there's less people. <sighs> I don't know about that. but The best way, sir, is to go straight up the fucking mountain.
1: Well, I'm going to actually give them the fucking name of the road that you turn on right there. They're going
0: to send more people over those poor people's house. Yeah.
1: Cherry Hill Dog Park. What is it you turn on?
0: It's off of Shattuck.
1: Yeah, Shattuck. So, yeah, you go on Shattuck Lane. (coughs) Uh, I feel retarded trying to find this. I'm not
0: telling them where I go because I don't want more people.
1: Yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. What is the name of the exit right there, dude? 15th? Yeah, 15th up to...
0: Find Shattuck Park.
1: Yeah, there's Dalton. Okay, so fifteenth, so fifteenth Street North off the ninety to Shattuck Lane, make a right. Then you're gonna go to North Copper Way, make a left, make a quick left on East Mountain Vista Drive, and the trailhead sign is directly on your right. Can't miss it. Yeah, you can't miss. it. There'll be a bunch of cars parked there. All this, As soon as the snow starts to go, everybody's there. You'll and see I some will, fencing. Yeah. And once you start now, they've been doing a lot of repairs. They've mm-hmm. they've had a guy up there for fucking weeks. A little mini with a, with a, Yeah, he's been up there working hard, making it really nice.
0: Yeah, and you just basically bust that whole gut. You just go right up. Yeah,
1: I would just say yeah. every time you see a left or a right, the yeah. best advice is to continue going the hardest way straight up, and you'll get to the top.
0: It's pretty much just straight up for 1.8 miles.
1: There, There is a couple small-ass flats, but there is no, it is unrelenting. But it's 18, 1,850 feet <laughs> change. Oh, beat this time. Which time? Oh, <sighs> oh, when it, oh, shit. Oh, fucking All right. Luke. so here is the time. So when I was in my best shape when we were going to the Selway, I did, I did 57 minutes with 50 pounds on my back. That's going straight up to the top. That's not coming back down. I don't know how much weight Luke had on, but he did it in forty four minutes.
0: Mm-hmm. Best time I ever had no weight is forty eight minutes, so that's pretty fast.
1: To hit the, what I figured out is to get anything less than fifty six or whatever, you actually have to run some parts. You have to run the flats. You can't at a walking pace. You will not make it in that time.
0: He says he was buck buck naked. You
1: were buck naked. <laughs> Figures. Put fifty pounds on you, scrawny bitch, and see how you do.
0: Woof! That is quick. Forty four thirty is quick. It still. is quick. Uh, that, is,
1: that is that is difficult no matter if you got weight on or not
0: yeah that's the that's the best way to tell you is just go right every if it's straight up that's the right way but
1: there's a bunch yeah. of different ways the reason he's asking is because you can go up from the back side mm-hmm. like from the Fernand side you can go from Nettleton Gulch yeah
0: you can go from the, well, the snob Hill over there I don't, I don't I've never been on that side mm-hmm. but I know you can get up there because I've mm-hmm. talked to people at the top multiple ways to go but that's the way the way we go is the hardest way. Yes. Nettleton Goach is pretty like gradually flat until the very end where that, you know, that top road that comes in at the, almost the top, mm-hmm. forget the shell. That's that road that comes that's, in from Nettleton. That's
1: before the tree that Mason has dubbed the tree of destiny. <laughs> there's that big, so right, right where you're talking about where the road comes in before yeah. it gets real steep, there's yeah. a down tree with a big fucking big root ball on it.
0: That's the tree of destiny. He calls
1: that the tree of destiny.
0: Oh, dude, that's funny. <laughs> what, what I always get there is like the tree of suckness because that's where you know the the last part's pretty rocky and shelly and you're like, fuck this. The worst
1: part is, is you know, you're getting more tired as you're going up and it only gets worse. It doesn't get any fucking better. And then by the time you're up there and you're tired as fuck, you're coming back down the steepest part. You're falling on your
0: ass sliding. Oh my goodness. (sighs) Yeah. So that's the best, the best we could tell you. I do have a question I didn't want to tell you because I I got this from a couple people and I want to hear your response because I I already have my response, but what, why do we have to cuss so much on this podcast?
1: Well, so from a, from an early age in my life, I've I've been in, in a mechanic shop most of my life, and I would say that the guy talk or mechanic talk tends to go that route. And I could be I could be on my p's and q's, like I have my I have like my grandpa voice, where I can sit here and I guess not be fun p's and q's. Yeah, I could be on the p's and q's. It comes out it comes out when I'm emotional about a subject. Yeah. And I don't know what causes that to happen. Maybe I have a, a small uh, version of Tourette's. Not really sure. But I would say that that cuss words in general help emphasize emphasize your your emotions about on a subject. For me, I. <clears throat> There's like, two- man, you should have saw the size of this elk that I shot, man. He was just enormous. He <laughs> was just, I saw him and he walked down. And I was like, golly, that is the largest elk I've ever seen. So I went ahead and laid down and I shot him. I shot him with that seven saw him, and he just dropped. That motherfucking elk was, God damn, it was big. That was the biggest fucking elk i ever seen in my entire, this fucker walked out, looked like he could just lift Ryan up with one antler and just toss him around like this shit. Let's see, that's so much more exciting to me than.
0: So, you're on the SpongeBob side where it's a sentence enhancer. Yeah. To me, I, I got two answers for this. <clears throat> I've been in the military. The military, the F word is part of the vocabulary, <laughs> but it's, it even goes more than that. I've sweared around my kids, like it or don't like it. Me they've, too. They've had F bombs thrown at them. I have two of the most functional kids you will ever meet, so me tell me where the fuck that is wrong. I'm
1: exactly the same way. Exactly the yep, same exactly way. Exactly the same. You
0: can't, if, if the F word is messing up your kid, you're not parenting right. Ooh, that's going to piss some people off, but oh. that's the truth. Because if the F bomb messed up your kid, there's more going on there. You can't
1: blame it on the F word. There is, there is so much shit and walking on eggshells in the world today that it's almost like you fucking should be cussing at your kid to prepare them <laughs> to prepare them for the bullshit world yeah. they're about to enter right now.
0: Yeah. If, like don't you know if,
1: if, if, if let your feelings be hurt. I could give two fucking shits.
0: And the fact is do you want us to be real or fake? Yeah. And Joe Rogan cuz he early on this is way back in his podcast cuz people asked him why the why he used so many profanities and he's like people will go to a movie and there will be an f bomb, and he like did like the actual statistics. Uh-huh. There'll be an f bomb forty four times in this movie. Somebody will say fuck forty four times. Dude's not offended at all. They'll walk yeah. out on the street, and a guy will be talking to his buddy and say fuck, and they're offended. Yeah. To me, that's a personal problem, not actually a problem. Yeah. So if you're offended, easily turn it off. I understand if your kids are in the car and they're young and you don't want them to hear it, turn it off. Listen to it later.
1: Now, I I, I should have pref. You made me think about another topic. Is that. There are certain cuss words that I don't use normally.
0: Like see you next Tuesday.
1: <clears throat> I don't know what that is. What do you mean see you next Tuesday? What, it's
0: something you'd call Hillary. What? See you next oh, Tuesday. Oh, see you next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, and I guess the two of those words will be will be that word, the yeah. C word, the yeah. P word. I don't I don't I don't that is not part of my vocabulary. If you see if you hear the P word coming out of my mouth, there's probably I'm really <laughs> emotional about something. Or there's other words we use like Poseidus. I tell Mason we're at the gym and he's on, we're on the fucking four set. He's like, you can't go anymore. I say, oh, your Poseidus is kicking in. Huh? Yeah, but
0: you'll say pussyfooting around.
1: Pussyfooting around is fine. Yeah, I will. I guess <laughs> I guess the point is, is that there are still certain words for me that are, I guess, would be taboo.
0: Yeah. I just don't think you can directly relink the cussing What? Back to what? bad kids. What? Uh, how about this? Let's let's let's, bad let's people.
1: Let's ask those guys what is it about whatever the f-word is that bothers you so much? Like what what is the root of the word that bothers you? Is this society telling you that the word fuck is something wrong? Like what where does that come from? Where who said that fuck is a bad word?
0: Good question. I don't know. I don't know either. I just don't. Email us. Let's hear it. Podcast it, shoot to hunt. Why are we wrong? Where does
1: this shit come from, man? Like, what are the, the we get all the weirdest well, subjects. The, so,
0: back when Avery Venture podcast was going, I, same thing, I cussed, Tanya cussed. Very rarely did I get an email about me cussing, but if Tanya said fuck, they were like, people are like, a lady shouldn't say fuck.
1: Yeah. Like, I, Why? I, mean, I guess I would understand. Well, then it goes back to who said the F word is a bad word. Why does it bother you so much? Was it was did your dad tell you when you were growing up to never say the F word you should never hear it? Like what is the fucking point? I don't know. Well uh, whoever whoever asked you that question, where did it come up on Speakpipe?
0: No, it's I'll I'll email them back. It's actually there's 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 thread on it in rock slide. Not like they were they weren't questionists, but there's like two DM questions to me and there's two kay. PM questions well, to here, me. Well here,
1: this this our my challenge to you, those of you that made the comments about the word. Tell us your actual feel. Like what? What makes it that that word is bad? Why does it bother you so much? And maybe if you, maybe you can sway us. Maybe you can change our mind.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Chances are your kid already knows that word.
1: Well, chances are your kid's been watching shit they're not supposed to watch, and they've been saying shit they're not supposed to say, and they'll say it more because you told them they couldn't do it. That's what I'll say. Do you go? Are you the person that goes on and turns on all the parental guidance on every one of your kids' devices because you're scared that they're going to see the world as as it is? They're gonna see it anyway. Their buddy at the bus stop. I, I drove by the fucking bus stop the other day, and the one kid is holding up porn to the other kid at the <laughs> fucking bus stop. Like they're gonna, they're gonna fucking. See, you don't think they're talking about it? They're gonna see it one way or another. So what? What's a better version of protecting them? Turning off all their access to it, even though they're gonna see it anyway, or teach them about the world that
0: they're fucking coming into? That's why the Amish go crazy. Kids go crazy when they finally let them out for whatever that thing oh, is called. Oh man.
1: Yeah, it's like you're, da- you're raising a dog, right? If you yeah. never let your dog off the leash in the front yard, what are they going to do the first time they get off the leash in the front yard? Go crazy. And you're going to get mad at them for it.
0: Anyways. I guess we ranted enough on that That one. was enough F- ranting. All right, we got a new ext- extra. Uh, What's it called? E- oh, wait a minute. We got to
1: give some rings away. Where's
0: our subscriber? Oh, he's got, look at that beautiful picture of Canfield. He's
1: oh, there's got. Canfield. Oh, it is pretty.
0: One could say that's fucking beautiful.
1: <laughs> Until you get about right up there. And then it's not pretty so more.
0: No. That last little 300 yards is a killer. Hey, where's our rings at, Lukey?
1: For those of you that are still not following us on YouTube, we pick a YouTube subscriber every episode. That's every week, and you have the potential to win a set of UM Scope rings.
0: Tika or Premier?
1: Yeah. Or Core rings coming soon. Here we go. Who's he picking?
0: Oh, Andre... Archuleta?
1: Um, oh, that's not that bad. Andre Archuleta. Archuleta.
0: You are the winner of the rings. Andre Archuleta. Get a hold of us at podcast at shoot Actually, better yet, get a hold of us at marketing at shootthehunt.com. Then I will have to see it.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna change that email to fucking marketing at
0: shoottohunt.com. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta type it in.
1: <laughs> and that's a wrap. How you good? Oh, there's an expert. Remember there's, oh, yeah. there's an outro. Hey. Here comes that first outro.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we
0: appreciate all your contribution to the Shoot to Hunt podcast. We really do.
1: Ryan, thank you once again. No, thank you, Jake. It has been my pleasure getting on this podcast for the thousand-some-odd time with you and taking it to the rim, my friend. This is to grow the hunting community as a whole. Very much growing, living, breathing, eating, pretty much a daily lifestyle for hunting. Amen. Oh my god. Somebody
0: help the man, the tea's kicking in! Oh dear, no!
1: Jake, do you have any final words before you go? Ryan, I need one of those meat sticks of yours. Oh, surely, I'll go get it for you. Oh, oh ladies and gentlemen, I'm back and ready to podcast again and again until I drop. <laughs> Here, he Here he is. Right now. Here he is now. I have to lock up, you fucking weirdo. Here he is now. <laughs> 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 Signing out. Signing out. Jake Muschini. Ryan Avery. <laughs>